Hello, you guys. What is up? Welcome back to another episode of Killer Instinct. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're new here, hi, my name's Savannah. I am your host of Killer Instinct, and I am so, so happy you're here. Before we get started, if you have not already, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you are listening to. That way, you never miss an episode. We post weekly episodes here on Killer Instinct every Wednesday, and you are not going to want to miss it, so make sure you do that. Today, as you can tell by the title of the episode, we are talking about the disappearance of Allison Dalton, as well as the murder of her mother, Selena Dalton. Now, these are both unsolved cases and really, really bizarre and almost crazy that this case hasn't been solved yet. It did occur a while back, back in 1998. But before we get into all of that, again, we are going to, just like we did last week, go over some of the theories that you guys had about last week's episode. Now, if you have not listened to last week's episode, we talked about the doomsday couple Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell and their missing children. So if you have not listened to that, make sure you go do that. And we are going to jump in with the theories that you guys had for that case today. So this is a theory from someone who said, coming from a person who has a grandfather who is a doomsday prepper, a possible theory is that Lori and Chad grew a sort of paranoia about Judgment Day, which is described in Revelations as the end of the world and the second coming of Jesus Christ. According to the scripture, God will take his children home as in the holiest of people will pass at the same time and head for heaven while the rest will perish in fire and brimstone. Lori and Chad could have gotten so caught up with fear of doomsday that they killed off the ones closest to them to send them to the afterlife before judgment day even happens, including Tylee and JJ possibly, which are their children or Lori's children. Explaining why Lori was spotted moving their belongings into a storage shed, this is a weird theory but it is my first one that comes to mind. Thanks for reading it. I did receive a DM from someone the day the episode went live and they said that they lived on the same island that Lori and Chad were found at after they fled to Hawaii and they said that it was crazy that it happened on their island and that the whole situation is just so bizarre and so unsettling and I can completely agree with that and along with the first theory that I just read, I think that's a very good impossible theory. I didn't even think about that before, which is why it's so great to hear your guys' theories because it's so great that we can all just kind of like put our minds together and really think about things that just one singular person wouldn't think about. So I think that it's definitely possible in regards to the fact that she thought that she was doing the right thing by taking her kids' lives. If that is what happened, I could see that being a possibility because this case is still ongoing. It is just, it's crazy to me. You know, I just saw on the news the other day that Lori and Chad were walking out of their Hawaiian resort and they were thinking about going to Mexico. There was a tip let off to police that Lori and Chad were um, preparing to leave to Mexico. And I don't think that they've gotten there yet, especially now that the police are kind of on them for that. I'm just so interested to see how this con- how this case continues to progress and what continues to happen. And I just, I don't know. This case just makes my mind go insane. So thank you guys so much for writing in some of your theories. Again, your theories you can send in either to my Instagram DMs, which is just at Savannah Brimer, or you can send it to killerinstinctpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that is killerinstinctpodcast at gmail.com. And just as a little reminder, all submissions when I read them aloud will be anonymous. So you don't got to worry about anything like that. So with that being said, you guys, let's move on into today's case. 
So today we are talking about Allison Dalton, and Allison was born on May 17th of 1998 to her mother, Selena Jo Dalton, and Allison ended up going missing on July 27th, 1998, when she was only 10 weeks old after her mother had been brutally murdered in her home. Allison's mother, Selena, was described as a bright and just joyful person to be around. She was extremely funny and charismatic, and she really just had a lot of personality to her. Selena and Allison lived in Strasburg, Virginia, I believe is how you pronounce it. And in 1998, the population was very, very small. There was about 4,100 people living in this town. So not only was it described as a town where everyone knew everyone and everyone was kind of in on all of the town gossip and what was going on with everyone's lives, it was also described as a very quiet town. There wasn't a lot of crime that happened here and it was just a very low-key key place to be. At the time, Selena was living in a second-story apartment on 175 South Charles Street. Selena was 20 years old when she became pregnant and had her baby daughter, Allison, and she was nervous in the beginning because she was 20 years old. She didn't know what to expect. She was a first-time mother, and she was worried that maybe she was too young for this and couldn't really handle all of that responsibility, but along with all of those nerves, she also had so much excitement about being a mom. She was thrilled to be able to have a daughter and just start this new chapter of her life. Allison was born premature, so at 10 weeks old, she was about eight and a half pounds. Allison also had colic, and if you don't know what colic is, it's basically when a perfectly healthy baby just goes through periods of crying and fussiness, and it could be a really big strain on the parents and the mother because it just is a lot of work. You don't know really how to stop it or what you can do to try to help, so because of Allison's colic, Selena was pretty tired most of the time. But as far as her as a mother, she was a great mother. She was super attentive to Allison. She loved, loved being a mother. All of that nervousness that we just talked about just basically completely went out the window once Allison was actually born. So let's talk about the day of July 7th, 1998. So this morning in particular, in the early, early hours of the morning, started out as any normal day would go. And then at about noon that day, one of Selena's friends was going over to Selena's house. And when she got there, she was mortified to realize that Selena was lying on the couch with blood all over her. And so this friend was obviously in severe shock. So she ended up calling one of Selena's other friends named Kelly Fessler. Now this was a really good friend of Selena's. She was a childhood friend of Selena's. So when she received this phone call, she almost didn't believe it. She kind of thought that they were playing, her and this other friend were playing this sick joke on Kelly. And so she didn't really know what to believe. So she decided to leave her work and rush over to Selena's apartment. And that is when she too found Selena lying on the couch with blood all over her and her body was covered with a blanket. It was then that Kelly and the other friend proceeded to call 911 and the police rushed over and in the midst of calling 911, Kelly looked over to where Allison's crib was, to where Allison typically would be and realized that Allison was not in her crib and nowhere to be found. Thank you. 
So now not only are they trying to figure out who could have done this to Selena, they're also trying to figure out where Allison is. This is a 10-week-old baby. She is extremely young. She was premature. Where in the world did she go? So the state troopers and police searched every inch of Strasbourg to try to figure out where Allison could be. When Selena's body went through an autopsy, the autopsy report showed that Selena had been stabbed several times throughout her body. She was stabbed in her chest multiple times, in her lungs, in her heart, in her stomach, and she also had a lot of stab wounds on her hands, which showed police that she was trying to put up a fight and she was trying to defend herself because it just made it seem like she was putting her hands in front of her body, and that's why she would get those stab wounds on her hands. To this day, the murder weapon, the knife, whatever was used to stab Selena has never been found. So obviously this town that is not used to crime whatsoever was in complete shock when this happened. It completely turned this town upside down and it really brought everyone together because at this point, everyone was coming together and volunteering to help with searches for Allison. And in doing that, they were also hoping to be led to the person who was responsible for murder Selena. And at first, the police were trying to wonder, did Selena have any known enemies? Did anyone not like her? Did anyone have anything out to get her? And they really weren't able to come up with anything. Selena seemed like a really likable person. She didn't have any known enemies. However, Strasbourg is a very, very small town and lots of people started talking and most people in the town to this day believe that the person responsible for this entire act is Allison's father, who is a man named Daniel Pompel. Now, before we get into this, I do want to say that police have never come out and stated a person of interest, let alone a suspect for this case. So as we're going through, I do want to say keep that in mind. So let's talk about Daniel Pompel. So Daniel was the on-again off-again boyfriend of Selena. Daniel was 10 years older than Selena, and he was Allison's father as well. And like I said, Daniel and Selena were on again, off again. They had a pretty rocky and bumpy relationship. None of Selena's friends really liked Daniel. They all said that he kind of just rubbed them the wrong way. None of them trusted him whatsoever. And Selena and Daniel didn't live together, but they would visit each other's apartments pretty frequently. And there have also been multiple reports from from police of domestic disturbance calls from either Selena or Daniel's residence. According to Selena's friends, once Selena found out that she was pregnant, everything pretty much took a downward spiral for her and Daniel. Not only did Daniel not believe that he was the father, but he refused to pay child support, really refused to just be there for her at all. There were also arguments over custody, and what's crazy is that the day of Selena's murder, there was actually a paternity hearing scheduled for both Selena Selena and Daniel to attend. The day before Selena's murder, Selena's mom remembers Selena telling her that she wanted to work things out with Daniel civilly. She didn't want to have to get the courts involved. She didn't want to have to send him to jail. She didn't want to do anything like that. She really wanted him to have a chance to prove to her and just prove to himself that he could be a good guy and be a good father. And she wanted this all to be handled in a very calm and respectful on both parties type of manner, just for the sake of everyone involved, including, and most importantly, Allison. But here's the thing though, even though Selena's friends and family are suspicious about Daniel's possible involvement, police have come out multiple times and said that he has been completely cooperative throughout this entire process. He's answered all of their questions. He's been attentive and hasn't really shown any signs of 
real suspicion, but I will say that when police were interrogating Daniel, he did place himself at the crime scene, which is Selena's apartment, around the same time that she had been murdered. Okay, we're going to take a short break, but we will be right back with more of the Killer Instinct podcast. Imagine an app designed to make you use it less. Seems a little counterproductive, right? Well, Apartments.com's Instant Alert feature works exactly that way. Instead of scanning rental listings a million times a day, simply set and forget your search to whatever you're looking for in a place and let Apartments.com do the rest. From pet-friendly apartments to balconies to in-unit ACs, Apartments.com's powerful search tools let you know when the perfect combination of features you're seeking is listed. So you don't have to power through rental descriptions one by one. With more rental listings than anywhere else, Apartments Apartments.com's instant alerts mean that you can spend less time looking for the perfect place and more time on just doing you. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. All right, you guys, welcome back. So here's how it goes. Basically, Daniel told police that he went to Selena's apartment at about 9 a.m. the morning of July 7th. He said that he went to her apartment, knocked on the door a couple times, but didn't hear anything and didn't get a response. No one answered the door. So because of that, he decided to leave. So Daniel said that he got there at about 9 o'clock a.m. And according to the autopsy, Selena's time of death was anywhere between 9.15 a.m. and 10.30 a.m that same morning. The only witness in this entire situation was a neighbor of Selena's who said that he saw a man putting a baby into the passenger side door of his, like into the passenger side seat of his truck that morning around the same time period. Now, I wasn't able to figure out what type of car Daniel owns or drives, but that really is the only witness that the police have in this entire situation is this man who says, that he saw someone put a baby into the passenger side of a truck. According to police, they say that when they were interrogating Daniel and asking about Selena's murder as well as Allison's disappearance, police asked Daniel if he believes if Allison is still alive or not. And according to police, they say that when Daniel was asked this question, he just looked down at the floor, shrugged his shoulders, and said she could be. I mean, personally, that just doesn't seem like the type of reaction that you would be giving or the type of answer that you would be giving to a question like that, asking if your daughter is still alive or not, I would think it might be, you know, I hope she is, or I'm going to do everything I can until I find her or something like that. But just to kind of shrug your shoulders and say she could be is... I mean, it's not telling of anything. It doesn't make him guilty, but it definitely is a little bit odd of an answer. And here's what's crazy though. So Daniel's family actually set up a Facebook page for him called Justice for Daniel. Now, this is where I personally have a little bit of a problem with this. So this whole Justice for Daniel page is made by Daniel's family, like I said, and it is basically a page trying to clear Daniel's name for the suspicions and allegations against him by the town of Strasbourg for the murder of Selena, as well as the disappearance of his daughter. And I guess the reason that not only this angered me, but angered from my research and what I could find Selena's family, as well as her friends, is because instead 
instead of trying to clear your name by just making a Facebook page, how about be more active and be more present in trying to clear your name through finding justice for your daughter and the mother of your child? There is a statement from Daniel, so I'm going to read that statement that he gave Crime Watch Daily, and that statement states, quote, I did not kill her. I have no idea what happened to her. I was her friend, and we had a good time together. I liked her. We were friends, end quote. Daniel also claims that he actually didn't know that Allison was his daughter until the DNA tests and results came back and proved that he was the father of Allison. Back in the year 2000, Selena's mom actually filed a wrongful death lawsuit against Daniel and tried to charge him $1.5 million, but it was dropped due to the lack of evidence in the case. And so with all that being said, that really is all of the facts that we have in this case. There really isn't a lot of evidence. We have no murder weapon. There was no DNA found at the crime scene. And all we really know is that on the morning of July 7th, someone came into Selena's home and murdered her extremely brutally and took her daughter with them as well. So with that all being said, I want to jump into some potential theories for this case. So according to Selena's neighbors, they said on the morning of the murder, which was July 7th, they never heard any screams or unusual loud noises that morning. And because of that, that kind of leads me to believe that whoever came into Selena's home that day was familiar with her. It wasn't, wasn't someone that she felt threatened or intimidated by. It was someone that she felt comfortable with. Otherwise, she would have probably screamed or made some sort of loud noise that would have alerted the neighbors around her. And remember, she lives in an apartment complex. It's not like she lives in a home. So she shares walls with other people. However, if we're looking at every single possibility here, it could be possible that on this morning when the person entered Selena's apartment that she was asleep on the couch and that's why she wasn't woken up when someone walked in. It would have been a lot easier for someone to enter her apartment without her hearing it. Like I said earlier, Allison did have colic, so she was crying a lot. So if according to her schedule, if she was taking a nap at that certain point and Selena was also tired and she decided to take a nap as well, she was found on the couch. So it makes me believe that maybe she was lying down on the couch or taking a nap. So if she was sleeping, it probably would have been easy for someone to come in. I'm not sure if there was any signs of forced entry. There was nothing written about that in all of the research that I did. And the main obvious theory here that according to Selena's friend Kelly, she says that not only does she believe, but everyone else in the town believes as well, is that Daniel Pompel, which is Allison's father, is responsible for the murder of Selena and the abduction of Allison. Daniel places himself at the location of the murder exactly during the time period that Selena was expected to have died. And there was definitely a motive here. You know, he was the father of Allison. There was the motive of not wanting to pay child support. And also because of the cause of death, which was stabbing, it is more of a personal type of death. You know, you have to physically use your strength to murder someone. And typically those are the more personal types of death as we have seen in previous cases that we have covered here. In cases like this, it's always probably the first thing that police do is they will look at the spouse or the parent of the child or what the relationship is between the two people involved. But I will 
say it's interesting that police have not come forward and said that Daniel is either a person of interest or a suspect in the fact that they've actually said that he isn't involved and they don't believe that he is involved in this is pretty interesting to me. It makes me believe that maybe they have some other piece of evidence that dismisses the fact that he has placed himself at the crime scene during the time period that the crime occurred. For that to be spoken and for that to be stated as a fact from Daniel himself, it makes me believe that police have to have some other piece of evidence that proves that Daniel was not responsible for this. And because he is the more obvious choice in this case as to who could possibly be responsible for this, I do believe that if police were to find something on him, they would have done it already. Or if he was responsible, something would have come up this far. But I will say the lack of eagerness to find his daughter and find the killer of the mother of his child has been very suspicious considering it has been little to none at all. I think another possible theory in this case that has to be looked at is that this was a woman or this was a couple. It was a woman or a couple who was unable to have children and someone who desperately wanted one and they decided to take Allison because she was 10 weeks old. She was really little. She would never ever remember something like this and the only way that they would be able to take Allison successfully is by murdering Selena because they knew that the only way to get Allison was to get rid of Selena. It could have been possible that there was someone stalking Selena and kind of waiting for their moment to go in and take Allison themselves. And they knew the situation between Selena and Daniel, so they knew everything would be kind of pinned on Daniel instead of themselves. I think there's a huge possibility personally that Allison is still out there and alive and just doesn't know that she was the victim in this. Um, like I said, she was 10 weeks old. She wouldn't have remembered a single thing. So if someone were to have taken her and raised her as their own, I don't think she would ever question it. I do think that Allison was the main target here because I think if the main target was Selena and just to murder Selena, why would you have to take Allison? Why go one extra step and take Allison and have to try to cover that up for years and years and years? if you just wanted to take out Selena and leave it at that. If Selena was the only target, you could have just left Allison and had someone else find her and possibly have them take care of her. However, if we are looking at Daniel and looking at it from the point that he didn't want to have to pay child support, that does make sense as to why he would also take Allison as well. Like I said, there's no confirmed suspects in this case and very little evidence and a lot of questions that Selena's family and friends still have, as well as the whole town still has, honestly. And I'm very, very curious to see what you guys have to say about this. Do you think it was Daniel? Do you think it was a woman that just hasn't been looked into yet? Do you think it was neither? And there's some other theory out there that is the one that everyone's been missing. I'm so, so, so curious to see what you guys have to say about this. So let me know. You can either email me, like I said in the beginning, at killerinstinctpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that is killerinstinctpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can DM me on Instagram. My Instagram is just at Savannah Bryan so make sure you go follow it and dm me your theories if you have not already and with that being said you guys that is it for me today thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of killer instinct if you are new here hi my name is savannah i am your host of killer instinct to make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button that way you never miss an episode that we post here because you will not want to miss it that is all for me today you guys i hope you have a great rest of your week i hope to see you next week and until then have a great weekend and stay safe you guys